0: Welcome to the Double Deuce Podcast, an amazing show that lasts only 22 minutes and is for you, the listener. So soak it up. So here are your two big beer hosts, Will Averill and Nelson. Hey, Will, hit the timer.
1: Fuck
2: it! Damn it! It's the Yeah, are you tired of the structure of your normal Double Deuce episode? Well, then we're excited to present to you the Deca Deuce. It's, it's either lucky or unlucky, depending on your belief system, because this is Decaduce 13.
1: Ooh! We 13 of
2: these things. Did you know they don't put a row 13 in planes because it's unlucky and they think people will freak out? Um, I don't know if I knew that or not. The question is, if you sat on uh, aisle 13 on a plane and listened to Decaduce 13, mm. is that is that just imminent disaster waiting to happen?
3: It might depend on how many other thirteens get worked in there, but yeah. yes.
2: What well, mm-hmm. if you have the number thirteen tattooed on your neck, like the Ooh. song? Like number uh 13. like uh, Arabic
3: numerals or Roman numerals. I mean both. So two thirteens?
2: Twenty six, but halved. Okay, like one on each side. Right, right. Right and that on. way that way depending on, right on you know who you were talking to, you could kind of choose your side. Yeah. And then they'd know like what number you represented.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: Do they still not put, put floor 13s in buildings? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we don't have any buildings tall enough in Lawrence, Kansas, to have 13 no. floors.
3: Yeah. I wonder, too, if it's like if they finally gave up on that or if it's still a thing that people do. It seems like one of those things that maybe people would have given up on, but maybe they're like, but Why? Man, What if it's hard to fill stuff in there because people are superstitious?
2: I've got a friend that I feel like I need to bring on the podcast now just to answer this. And that's my friend Nicole, who works for the National Elevator Organization as their social media person. Oh, yeah? She mostly makes up elevator puns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to get a rise out of her. Oh, Oh, no. Oh, oh. Oh, God. It should be easy in an elevator. No, but the rise is the part of that yeah like, elevators well that's okay money. that's fair elevators
3: where where is the national elevator association well that's the thing she works remotely so i don't really <laughs> know where it
2: is i was
3: just wondering that's, I th- there's like a lot of those associations headquartered where i used to live back yeah, east
2: yeah and and you know I, I I wonder like how high up in the building the National Elevator Association is. Do, do they like highlight their product by being at the top of the building, or yeah. do they realize elevators are inherently a great place to get stuck or uh, fly off of? Yeah, um, like in the movies, and they have the, they're on like the first floor. They start it could be.
3: I mean, like, back there, there's only there's not a ton of like high rise shit where you would be getting that many floors. To be honest, like mm-hmm. the the few things that were that high, you could kind of see from a distance. Yeah, to be honest, yeah, it wasn't uh, in build up too high. Well, like DC itself's like all swampland and stuff, so they're probably like this. This seems like a bad idea to put like ten floors of some shit up in here and wait for it to just sink. Sink into the... Into the... I don't know. Silt? Whatever that... Whatever it's made out of.
2: This Decaduce is like a ten-story building of various double deuce That's true. We, we, we got we got sidetracked by <laughs> elevator talk. <laughs> I was trying to reel it back in. Did you D- yeah decaduces well, it's it's ten brand new little little minis. Little minis like uh, like each one's a floor on the mm-hmm. elevator of yeah. your RL love. We got
3: ten floors, not including this one. This one's extra. Technically
2: this is the ground floor. Yeah this is the basement maybe if you were in England this would be the first floor but we're not in England so this is the ground floor here. Mm-hmm yeah. So enjoy the ground floor, and we hope you enjoy it, all ten stories. It, it, it only goes
3: up from here.
2: I hope. Yeah. It
3: at least goes up in number, if yeah. not in quality. Yeah. These are timeless nuggets of
2: true uh, Double Deuce enjoyment. Yeah. We've we, been doing these a long time now. Yeah. We want you to enjoy them like uh, like, like, the, the little nuggets of joy that they are. Yeah. They're nougaty. Mm. Don't. Maybe if you got some
3: fresh dental work, maybe maybe wait to listen cuz you yeah. don't want to like want it pulling out a crown or getting stuck somewhere.
2: Skip back to the episodes where I was talking about getting my root canal that wasn't really a root canal. That that'll kinda, can, yeah, can that kind of Yeah, I don't remember when that was exactly, but S- I think uh, it was somewhere in the 200s. Maybe. Mm, I mean, I don't it know. was a
3: while back. Time has no meaning anymore. It, it were we it was pre-pandemic. That's true. We were playing D&D at Adri's.
2: Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah.
3: So that was, oh, I don't know, 2017?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I feel like elevators were safer then. Than they are now? Yeah. What happened? Poor maintenance. Oh,
3: so it's like an infrastructure problem?
2: Yep. Not like this Double Deuce episode. Nope. It's got
3: so much infrastructure, you can ride it till you can't ride it
2: no more. Here it is. Worst country song ever. It's not a bad one. Big beer hosts. So I'm a pickleball player now. Did I tell you that? No, professionally. No, no, just an amateur, a very amateur pickleball player. Yeah. Uh, I, You know how I'm doing that leadership Lawrence thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a well, requirement? Yeah, it's like straight pickleball 24/7. That's how you lead people. You like you have your pickleball bat and you say come with me if you want to live. Yeah. That's just that's leadership 101 for the Kansas. A, I mean, I don't play pickleball. I don't want to tell you how to live, but isn't it still a racket? No, it's pickleball bat. Really? I mean, I don't I, I don't know. I like pickleball bat better than racket. I mean, so it sounds
3: it sounds better. I just felt like it still seemed. I mean, it's based it's low impact tennis, really. When you get right down to
1: it, yeah,
2: it's it's like a weird hybrid of wiffle ball, tennis, and ping pong. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, where where I you, mean, ping you, pong is still essentially tennis, <laughs> but inside. I mean, that was a little patronizing, but you're not wrong. I'm just saying all these things yeah. come from tennis. Yeah. Anyway, so like respect your elders, Will. I was born on the same day as Henry the Eighth, like not the same year, but the same day, June, June Mm 28th. That's our birthdays. And you know, like he was big on on tennis. And I was never real big on tennis, but I'm big on pickleball. I'm high on pickleball. I want to pickleball forever. I wanna I wanna live and breathe pickleball I, I i never want to walk alone without my pickleball people and my pickleball bat yeah it does seem you know like great? A, no what's that well like all the people who were good at it they were all like 60 and they were real mad at us because we were young and playing pickleball with with a passion and intensity and lack of technical knowledge Mm -hmm. That I think enraged them. So they had to teach us. They had to beat us down with their rules. Like this is what you do. And this is what you don't do. There are weird rules in pickleball. It's like kind of volleyball scoring. But kind of tennis scoring. Pickleball is a fucked up world. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't I didn't know
3: it, I knew of its existence, but I didn't understand a lot of the specifics. But then I watched they had that special that Stephen Colbert like hosted and Will Farrell like put together where there was like a celebrity pickleball tournament. And I watched yeah. that. And so and now I kind of understand. I mean, it's been a little while since I watched it, so I couldn't tell you all the rules at this point, but I feel like I learned them while I was watching that. And I was like, right on. It does seem like some of the... There's a couple that are in there just to help if you aren't, like, really good at it to help balance things out slightly, like, not letting you get right up in there, like, rush right up and start just putting shit away right from the get-go. It's kind of in there. Yeah. I'm like, that's probably yeah. just to help everybody out. Let them have a nice time before someone, like, just whips one right
2: past them. Let, let, yeah. them, let them get involved. I mean, I'm just saying... Like it's, it's a great sport because any sport where I can feel like I'm halfway competent at it Mm -hmm. is a technically easy sport to play. And this is that, you know, I, I, I was, uh, I wouldn't say graceful. I wouldn't say graceful, Mm -hmm. but I was, I was proficient and I feel like that's enough sometimes.
3: Yeah. I wonder how, I mean, it's been, I played tennis when I was young, but not since then so much. So I wonder if I would have any of that muscle memory come back at all. I remember playing some when I was a little older, when I was like, you know, late into my late teens, early twenties. But at that point I'd lost like my serve completely. So I just started doing like more, uh, low impact. Like, let's just fucking like get some rallies going and shit let's get right. some exercise which seems kind of like
2: pickleball in in a certain yeah. way but but with the the shortened court and all yeah no it's it's really nice cuz it's really it's like it's like uh low high impact like or high yeah. low impact it does
3: seem like it uh, almost increases the odds of you like fucking diving after shit just because there's less space and the ball hangs a little more I feel like yeah, in tennis there's yeah. a lot of time where it's like I'm not getting over there
2: or it just whizzes by you too fast to even know.
3: I did this one like
2: move and I don't think a lot of people in pickleball know how to do this move. Yeah. Where I like swung for it and the momentum of my swing carried me kind of out of bounds and towards the the next court and I couldn't balance. I realized that if I were to if I was going to try to pull myself back I was actually going to do myself more damage. Mm-hmm. So I just leaned into the full roll and kind of went, it was sort of like a pirouette side roll uh, into a kind of crouching position, which I then stuck the landing by like sticking my my pickleball bat in the air and putting the other hand back with a jazz hand extension. So you kind, like kind of a superhero landing bit at the end? Of the yeah. Day. But, Like, the people who knew how to play, they laughed because they'd were they never seen anything so amazing. They -hmm. were delighted. And then one lady was, like, showing her friends and laughing and pointing at me because she was so impressed. I feel like there's
3: times where when you're not trying to do something, that's the best way to do it. Like, that's how you can pull off stuff like that when it just happens. But if you were to try to do something like that, you'd fucking kill
2: yourself. Absolutely. So all I'm saying is, if you want a challenge, and you don't play pickleball, come at me, bro. Come at me. <laughs> if you want a hard
3: to define challenge, since yeah, you, you don't play it, and and will. It's just starting,
2: but it sounds uh, like you can forward roll all over your ass. I'm I'm taking all tummers and coming. Uh, no, no, never nope. mind. I'm you know not, what? Nope. We're way
3: over anyway. That's enough. Big beer hosts!
2: Tell me why! <laughs> oh, now you're not doing tell it. Tell me
0: why!
2: <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Uh, Damn it. When Lance Bass showed up on the circle... Why. <laughs> uh, you're gonna talk about why. <laughs> oh, tell me why! And that would have been a really good intro. Oh, okay, take two, ready? All right.
1: Tell me why! <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing but a... Bottles. Bottles. Of wine. <laughs>
2: uh, this is wine for the every-person corner. Uh, humans of uh, Double Deuce, you like wine. We like wine. We're going to tell you about what we our favorite $20 and under wines mm-hmm. are with special guest Malia's Taco. Hey, I'm a
1: specialist in the $20 and
2: under. That's right. Uh, we were actually just having a conversation before we recorded this about um, wines we love that are cheap. Uh, so I'll start with mine. I have two recommendations. One is the classic Boda Brick Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, which is two bottles of wine stuffed into a cardboard box. That will last you a good couple of months um, or much, much less. That isn't
3: like, because there's like the, the half bricks and the full bricks. Aren't yeah, full bricks, full, like bricks
2: are, the full bricks are three and a half, and a half. bottles. Yeah, well, that's called yeah, yeah. the box. The, yeah, that's a, the, box. Yeah. the box is that's the big right. one. That's $20, so that's getting on the edge, Twenty ninety nine, so it's right on the edge. Mm-hmm. But this is ten ninety 2 bottles. And, a, and, a, and change. And
1: you're not wrong about the longevity of that. Yeah, I no. don't know what it is about the Boda boxes, particularly in those reds. That can sit there for a long time and stay fresh, way fresher than a bottle after you uncork it.
2: But if you're looking for a, a classic bottle to take on a date or to a dinner party or just drink at home by yourself, uh, I recommend Campe Viejo. It's, uh, it's a Riaca or Rioja, which I've been told is pronounced Riaca. I'm sure a wine aficionado will stop me if it's not. Uh, it's 10.99 at uh, Cork and Barrel, and 12.99 at On the Rocks. Uh, yellow Label. It's in the Spanish wines, and it's a great wine. You won't regret it. That's me done.
1: I love that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going into the canned wine zone. Mm-hmm. As a gluten-free human, it super sucks to go to like a fun like a tailgate or whatever and everybody's drinking out of bottles and cans and so with the inception of the of the cans of wine, you can put it in a koozie and kind of feel normal at those kind of places. Yeah.
2: Right, uh, right.
1: So I feel like
3: you also avoid the there's a certain kind of, even if someone is going to drink, like, 12 cans of beer, there's a certain, like, you're at the tailgate with a box of wine, and everyone's like, oh, drinking the whole oh, box of oh, wine,
1: okay, exactly, <laughs> Even though you're probably going to drink more than you. You 16 <laughs> of Bud yeah. Light. Right, like, yes, right, right. Uh,
3: it lets you, like, ride, ride along with them. Right? As yeah. to. I, yeah. I
1: think the other thing, too, is there's something really kind of, like, tactile, right, about mm-hmm. holding a can yes. when you're watching a game or whatever. It just, I didn't realize I would miss it until I did. Now, I've been gluten-free for, like... Not 12 years or something. Yep. <laughs> I might not yep. be young. <laughs> but, but I, I do, I, I have been a fan of this. So they have a few that are good. Underwood. Uh, the one I'm having this evening is called the Crafters Union,
2: which bo- is both about like craftsmanship and unions. I, I mean, right? I mean, you couldn't get a more Lawrence wine. Mean, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, right tonight, I'm having the uh, Pinot Grigio. It's not bad at all. They also the fun part about the the cans is you can get some bubbles. So they'll have like a like a fizzy rosé, some of those things because it it works in the. You don't get fizz from a box, but you can from a can. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if especially if you're like on the go or you're gonna go to a party, this this wine in a can, Crafters Union Underwood.
2: What's the price point for
1: on on those? Oh, I think it's about maybe six, seven dollars a can. Okay. And they say two cans equals about a bottle. Okay. Right. There so it's are. it's a. I'm looking at this. I, th- I mean, it looks just like a 12 ounce can. Like, yep. like what a
4: beer. It
3: does. Would it look it like. does. It, it looks. I, I thought it was just like a craft beer when yeah. I when I first sat right? down. Right.
1: And then nobody is going. Why are you drinking wine at a tailgate? Yeah. Right. Like it. Yeah. It does. It looks like a Colorado fancy beer. Yeah. But it's not. This is fine. so. <laughs> so check them out. They're usually in the cold section too. You have to go to like a little like wine fridge place. Yes. Yes. And they're yes. like in the door. Yes. So,
2: Next to the fireball cinnamon malt liquor that is mislabeled. Okay, Nelson, we're we're we're. Uh...
3: I mean, uh, anymore so often I'm just I'm boxing it, man. Yeah. I you, you, you stole my answer with the Boda Box Cabernet. That's that's usually what I'm getting. Sometimes I'll get some other kind of red in a box.
1: Yeah. You know, hey, I... my, don't don't. Uh... Thumb your nose at a white mm-hmm. in a box. Vella, Peter Vella Chardonnay in a box, twenty ninety nine. Mm-hmm. It's my like it. go to. Keep it in the fridge.
2: There you box. go. There you go. I so I do a ton of
3: uh, white on my own. Like I'll drink a white, especially if it's like a dinner thing. I remember all, like a lot of Paul Lim catered events would always have like Heineken and white wine, and so I remember drinking a bunch of white wine at like a at, like a dinner or a an EAT gathering. Yeah, you I, don't
1: strike me as a as a like a Sauvignon Blanc kind of dude. Not as
3: much. I'm usually I'm usually ratting
1: it.
2: Uh, although I really now want to see you in a white seersucker suit with a, a Panama Jack hat and, and buy, some Buy me one. Night's not over yet. Wear it. <laughs> okay.
1: Somebody <laughs> make a note. I
2: <laughs> <laughs> just ended with a challenge. <laughs> the gauntlet is thrown. Find out what happens
1: next. yeah. Won, or huh?
3: before now, I don't know when this Do is it. coming
1: out.
2: Yeah, that's true. Maybe,
3: I'll, maybe by now I'm famous for it. Could be. I'm like a southern lawyer. <sighs> You've it always been dream. a little like a southern lawyer.
1: <laughs> there's your. It's there's not. Your,
3: but it's, it also is not <laughs> not?
1: Nelson's, Nelson's childhood dream, where mine was singing in a restaurant, is being Matthew McConaughey and in *Time to Kill*. I feel like, I don't I
3: don't know, it sounds like a lot of work to be a Southern lawyer. I want to be a retired Southern lawyer. He's still, like, a fixture in the town in the suit, but he doesn't really try cases anymore. Spends
1: most of the time in the club with the velvet mm. chairs. I, like,
3: own, like, my name is still on a law practice, but Matthew McConaughey's running it now. I'm Matthew McConaughey's, like, mentor.
2: I don't know why the thought process led me here, but I now want to see Matt Barry as a Southern lawyer, Mm -hmm. retired or not, um, but not with the Southern accent, just with his normal English accent.
3: I feel like he needs to be, this is the show, you got the retired one. Then you've got the like the senior one who's there now. That's Matt Barry. And then you've got the young guy who's coming in. And yeah. so Matt Barry's like running the actual office. Yeah. You've got the retired guy who's like you know you can give him some advice here and there. But mostly he's just kind of down at the bar, or, like eating a sandwich somewhere, or, drinking like, clear liquor, fishing. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh-huh. hanging out. Have, like that
1: you know, young guy's coming in hot. <laughs>
3: he's got to, like learn the ropes. This has been Wine Corner. <laughs>
1: Maybe
2: Matthew McConaughey is my grandson <laughs> in this, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Big beer hosts. Okay, Malia, uh, we decided we were going to talk about D&D now uh, since we got you here. Favorite character um, from over the years okay. uh, of your, your entire D&D career which character do you kind of have a soft spot for?
1: I really do. I have a soft spot, but actually it was a series of characters that I came up with. I was really into the show Orphan Black, uh-huh. and um, I created a series of half-elves, and her first name was Crimson, mm. and they were clones of each other, but they didn't know. And so <laughs> so I had like, like six of them, so Crimson Centurion was a half-elf ranger. Crimson Horizon was a Horizon Ranger. Crimson Obsidian was a rogue. Crimson, I had a bunch of them. Crimson uh, Oblivion was a, was a wizard. And I had this dream that someday I could convince all of my friends to play the Crims and they would meet like an episode of Orphan Black. <laughs> and we never got it. So, like, if you guys are ever like, into it, I would love to play all the Crims together. But I used my same little mini of this uh, half elf for all of these different. Different crims, this is what yeah, we call them, mm-hmm. yeah, and I played her for years. Nice, so she's she's nice. my favorite. All my crims. Nice, I like it. How
3: about you? You know, I mean, there's been a, a bunch I've liked, but there's one I I didn't I haven't played him a bunch, but I want to use him again some more. I made a character that I really liked named Harold Peters, who was, but he was he was a combination of the uh, the Brad Neely Wizard People Dear Reader Harry Potter <laughs> and uh, the Nabokov Pale Fire and so he was like the Harry Potter it was also uh, uh, Haragon like a rabbit person and so uh, but he was like he was the Brad Neely Harry Potter but there was the the Pale Fire like uh, I don't know if you've read it there's a guy who is you're pretty sure especially as it moves along that he's just an insane person but as he's giving this monologue he's like uh, deposed prince who's in hiding with people hunting him and shit um and so there was the idea of like maybe he's harry potter maybe he's just fucking insane <laughs> and none of that shit happened at all <laughs> but he was like suspicious of things <laughs> a lot of time he talked to himself and his little like model horse at night uh, uh he was a lot of
2: fun i was a dm for that it was it was cr- great <laughs> it was great um, I, I think I think my favorite uh, to play uh, actually it was probably two. Uh, it was it was a, a, a couple of half elves, um, Penkin and Heath. And uh, Penkin was a, a detective, uh, and and uh, the DM let me do kind of a the the like an early investigator um, type character. And Heath was a gunslinger. Um, this was on the Pathfinder system. So Heath was a gunslinger and they were trying to get to the new world and uh, my favorite thing about them was that they were they were saving money for the new world and Penkin was you know kind of a, a, a selfish uh, introvert uh, crazy dude um, detective. He was like one of those mad genius kind of guys and Heath got killed in a, in, a, in a game and had to be resurrected and Penkin could either pay the full price and resurrect him as a half elf or uh, was given the option to like for cheap or resurrect him, but they didn't know what race he would come back as uh, and he was like worried about like them making it to the new world so he's like just do the cheap one and so Heath came back as a kobold so uh, for the rest of the game like Heath is this fucking tiny lizard person and Pankin's still a, a, a tall uh, you know lithe half elf and um, they had a, an incredibly interesting relationship with one of their friends who Turned out to be a mass murderer, which is a story no, for another, another time.
3: Character I like. It was it was the uh, the like his Moriarty was in his same adventuring group, and they were investigating his murder spree yes. with him, like in his secret identity, helping him investigate his yeah. own crimes.
2: <laughs> yeah, but with a with a critical fail, he ended up trusting that character, the, his Moriarty, more than anyone in the world, right? Like so. So here you have one guy committing mass murders, uh, and one guy like trying to. I'm a
3: lot of his tracks, but there was like a few things that slipped through, but you had <laughs> rolled so badly you were it was just like chipping away at your <laughs> your absolute confidence until finally you're able to be like, wait a minute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was good times. Good times. Anyway, what's your favorite DD story? Hashtag double deuce D&D me. <laughs> <laughs> What? That was a good ending. It was really
1: good.
2: (laughs) 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 Big beer hosts. Okay, hey, so I want to talk about... um, Hey, I want to talk about beard care for a little bit because I'm in kind of a beard care gray zone, right? Yeah. Did you know me? I always had a kind of a shorter beard, and Jack's like, the short beard... That's too prickly. You need a longer, more luxurious beard. Yeah. I said like Nelson, and she said, "Yeah, yeah, like Nelson." And I said, "Well, I don't know. I, okay, but then there's some things that get in the way of that, and that's like, um, I, my beard hair is what gets it's a little in scraggly. The scraggly. Well, it's kind it's... of it gets a little scraggly. Uh, yeah, and it's like also I'm not great at trimming my own beard, and also. I've been using beard, and beard, like, like paste, beard, paste, beard, paste. and beard paste. Yeah. It's like beard it's paste. Like, well, it's like a, like a, kind of like an oil, but it's like a paste. Like it's a, it's a lavender scented sort of, which I like the lavender. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like the paste is making my beard flaky. Cause I, I wear like a black shirt and I get beard rough. Is that what you call dandruff for beards? Beard rough. I mean,
3: I don't know that it's separate, but maybe. I don't know. I didn't know that that was a thing.
2: Well, I get it, and I think it's maybe because of the paste. So I guess my Could question be. is, and maybe you don't have an answer, like do you use any products? And if so, do you ever get beardruff? Uh, No and no. Wow, that was the quickest <laughs> episode ever. I
3: mean, I I like I use the like shampoo conditioner stuff when I'm washing my hair on my beard. But yeah, that's really all I do, yeah. and then I just comb it. You know, when
2: I'm done out of the shower, my my weird hairdresser Douglas. I've talked about him on the show before. Douglas, like he uses his own beard tonic that he makes himself, and I'm like, well, what? What's your specialty secret, Douglas? He's like, I never have problems with beard drift. I haven't asked him specifically about beard drift, but he offered that information when oh, he was really? talking yeah. up. Yeah, he was talking up his own beard oil, but he didn't offer to sell me any. He did not. So I'm, um, I'm, um, so the long and secret? short of it is, what's that? He's keeping
3: it a secret.
2: He is, he is. And the long and short of it is, I had to sign up for some samples. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I, I signed up for some samples based on an ad I saw on YouTube, and now I think I'm members of a I'm a member of a, a beard bro cult out of Tempe, Arizona. Uh oh. Yeah, they, are, are they, they like, like are they militant or are they pretty chill? I mean, somewhere in between. They seem like trust fund kids mm-hmm. who have good beards. Is it when one of those? Each- no, no. You go ahead. They call each other brother a lot. And yeah. now I'm I'm a beard brother. Hmm. Yeah. Is it is it one of those cults that's
3: religious, but the
2: religion is polyamory? I mean, hard to say at this point. All I know is that there's a lot of talk about beards. Okay. Okay. So you haven't ruled out polyamory yet. I mean, not if it helps me get rid of this beardruff. Yeah.
3: Is the paste like, are you supposed to just leave the paste in or is the paste like a thing you put on for a while and rinse off?
2: No, I think it's just like put it on and leave it in. He are you putting on to too shave. much? Uh, I, 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 maybe. I don't know. By the way, I, my, my son is here just in case you had any, any questions about where that he had to shave line came from.
0: So he once had to shave he once shaved his whole beard to just look like Luigi for Halloween. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I did do that, but I kept my mustache. Well you have to. Yep. He's famously mustachioed. He is. He's one of the most famous mustaches in the world. He's up there. Mar the Mario anyway. brothers
3: are a mustachio duo. That's what yeah. that's that's the first thing. It's plumbers, mustaches, jumping, overalls.
2: That's sort of it. That's sort it's of it. Parts um, of gold. So the cult that I joined is called Live Bearded. Uh, and okay. I, I ordered their sample pack. Um I mean, they're really they're bearded men who talk who call each other brother. Is that a good place to be or is that a bad place to be? I mean, they could just be monks. That's true. That's that's true. They could monks of tempe dedicated to beard products.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Is maybe there's other? Is there like a beard salve? Maybe, maybe you need to try. You've moved from oils to pastes. Is there another? Is there another means?
2: I mean, I I don't know, like a beard, like a beard stone
3: or something. Mm-hmm. A tincture, a uh, could be
2: a tincture.
3: Uh, could be a tincture. Okay, well, you guys, th- this isn't coming out for a while, but if if you hear this and you have some kind of beard substance that isn't a paste for Will, then find him. Find him in the wild and start rubbing it on
2: his beard and then be like, ah, uh, ah, uh, and see what he says. Wait, wait, is that, I'm not sure that's the advice you should be giving them. It's good advice. Big beer hosts. So I got to give an update on the beard company, my, my, my new cult that I joined. Beard cult. Yeah, because I, I got the actual samples through, and now if some of you may remember from our previous mini-deuce that I ordered some samples of uh, beard stuff from a company that called me brother in every mm-hmm. correspondence, and I thought that that was kind of hilarious. Well, I'm here to tell you that now that I've gotten the samples, uh, I am well and truly in the brother cult. It starts off with the little postcard that comes with the samples with Hey there, brother. You made the right choice, and it ends with "take care, brother." Uh, and they tell me how repeatedly that they've got my back, and if I have any problems, I'm to get in touch with them, and they will they will solve those problems. And only beard related
3: problems, or just any problems?
2: I, you know, they didn't specify beard related problems, so I think I'm going to go to them with you know some other problems as well. Be like, you know, hey guys, I got other issues. Can we talk about these brothers? Mm. Um, anyway, the adorable thing is I've got Ollie saying brother all the time now because he heard me talking about the brother guys. So he comes in, he's like, "Hey brother, good morning, brother." Um, <laughs> and so we're we're all part of it. We're but truly part the of the a brother too. Cult. But this one, like these guys, they do it up. They've got beard shampoo. Beard Mm -hmm. conditioner, beard oil, and beard butter, all in the same little sample pack.
3: How's the butter taste?
2: Um, You know, I put it on a a KFC biscuit, and it did not taste good. It tasted like sandalwood, but it smelled nice Mm -hmm. on my beard when the Mm -hmm. the bit that came off uh, with the little chewy, crusty bits of biscuit. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. It feels like uh, it should be
3: also usable with a biscuit i'm just yeah. saying
2: i'm a little concerned because the first sample smelt like like these guys went to the axe body spray school of uh of sense which is like bigger is is better mm-hmm. uh as and it's very very it's a very uh pronounced pronounced musk that, yeah. that is got a sandalwood musk it's not unpleasant but it's very pronounced
3: Like a on a scale shoulder. of one to twelve, where, where is it sitting?
2: Oh, I I think it's about a I think it's about an eleven and a half. Uh, it's it's big. That's high. It's, big. That's it's high. I gotta tell you, I I did not expect it to be as powerful. But my beard is luxurious. Well, that's good. So if you'd like to come touch my beard, uh, hashtag double Deuce touch Will's beard, and we'll arrange uh, a touching. Yeah you've Wait, got a pretty no, open I don't want to.
3: touching schedule I don't want to
2: do that actually that's weird
3: yeah I wasn't going to challenge it because I thought that maybe it was something you were into maybe it was a part of the cult
2: uh, you never know I, are you, I still are, are you required
3: to provide touchings to help you know sell the cult to other people
2: Uh that's something you, you know... agreed to I, I didn't read the fine print real closely, uh, but I think probably. You didn't read the
3: fine print for the cult, Will? Nope, brother. Just let it ride.
2: I trust my brothers.
3: Oh, man. You should Neither probably at least brother. have given it to our lawyer.
2: Yeah. Well, our lawyer doesn't have a beard.
3: Yeah, but just that way he can be objective in looking over the fine print for you. You don't know what you agreed to. You really better take
2: That's, advantage of them having your back at all times. I'm hoping that'll work out for me. Let's put that into play now.
3: You should contact them saying you need an alibi for for a certain night. Be like, I told them I was with you guys, brothers. Uh, who's going
2: to back me up? Man, I think I might do that and see what happens. That'll be the next update on Double Deuce. If they alibi you. Yep. The problem it's okay, is then we, can't,
3: we can't follow up pretending to be a cop because that's illegal.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got to really watch the, the lines between comedy and, and felony. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, we're not crossing those again. Not this time. Not twice. Big beer hosts.
3: Okay, so I saw this thing. And I'm just, I want to, we're, we're going to rap at the kids for a minute, but also at the parents. And we're rapping to everyone, but we're not rapping. We're just being cool youth bastards about it, but not the kind who molest you, like all the ones in the news every day these days. I'm getting off topic. Yep. So I read this thing and it was like, uh, there are 50% fewer like teens say they hang out with their friends every day than back in the 90s and then like the report the people like their takeaway from the report was like it's cuz of smartphones and that felt like a weird takeaway yeah cuz yeah. like where do the teens go to hang out every day together where can they go where are places i mean that'll take them
2: it feels like uh 24 hour news is sort of made everybody too scared to let their kids just kind of go outside and hang out.
3: I think there's some of that for sure, because yeah. I feel like that was a lot of hanging out, especially as, like, kids, kids. Yeah. Um, but even it, as teens, there was – I mean, we were still outside. There's that There's that real line of demarcation, too, between, like, teens who can drive and teens who can't drive. Right. As far as – I feel like there's a lot more hanging out outside, especially – when there's, like, no driving or only driving is starting to happen still. Just because, I mean, you'd still, like, where do we go? And yeah. I guess once you're driving, you can just get around. I, don't, I just felt like there was a lot of, for me at that time, it was a lot of, like, mall hanging and strip mall hanging. And, like, local park hanging.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we didn't have the malls here in Lawrence so mm-hmm. much. But um, we, we did have the strip malls yeah uh, we had restaurants, which I think it's you know it's now gotten to the point where it's almost too expensive for tea. like you could go make five dollars last at a restaurant back in our day. yeah, uh, now like you you can't you know you can't get out of a meal for under like ten bucks. yeah, uh, it's too pricey to do all the time.
3: and especially because you would almost yeah, you could get like a fucking couple hours out of just getting a drink that gets free refills and then like an appetizer and then maybe another appetizer later. For everyone. Yeah. Like, you weren't getting that much stuff sometimes when you were just hanging out. Because you didn't have that much money. But right. also, shit didn't cost shit back then.
2: Well, and I, I think that, you know, the, probably video games, you know, being... Like, like multiplayer being separate rather than, like, co-op play mm-hmm. on a couch or something. Probably has something to do with it. Yeah. But, it's still, I don't think you can blame the there's, whole thing
3: on it. There's less actual arcades to go to to play games with people. And there's actually less games that... You play together in the same room too, so it's kind of like a. Do you want to play video games with your friends? Well, you probably can't do it in the same room then, especially as a kid who's like you. You, pro- you want to play the new games, yeah. Like maybe yeah. you get into some of the older games, but what you're, what everyone's talking about is the new games, and there's just very few of those you can play together in the same setting, which is a shame.
2: But shout out to the public library because they got a teen zone, and that just seems to be popping a lot of the time.
3: Yeah, are they doing cool things at the library for teens?
2: Mostly playing video games in the same place. Fair
3: enough. Yeah. Well, hey, it, it, but, as long as they're making them interested in doing that, then also I'm for books. it.
2: Yeah, no, and they got a good good crowd. Books are around. good too. Yeah. So read books, play video games.
3: It just it's too bad that that's the only place for teens.
2: Yeah, it's true. The library,
3: you're doing you're doing the Lord's work. I remember they would come, you'd get a lot of younger teens at the movie theater on Friday nights, and it could be kind of a shit show sometimes, but also sometimes parents would get mad because they were like, yeah, like my 14-year-old came to the movie and then they left or they were hooking up in the parking lot or something else was going on, and it was just like, we're, we're not babysitters, we're a, we're a movie theater. We can't, yeah. we can only do so much about your teens when you leave them here.
2: Oh, man. Wonder how many Regal babies there are.
3: There's probably some. There may be less Regal babies than there were old Hollywood Theaters babies.
2: Yeah, they were putting a dick in Dickinson back then. Right?
3: Not as much back then when it was when there was a Dickinson. I don't remember people hooking up. Because there was a strip mall involved, but it wasn't necessarily a strip mall for teens. It had like a, a cosmetic supply store. And a Hallmark store, and uh, what else was there? Old Chicago. Although we went there as teens, putting the we crest went there as teens
2: Hillcrest. I'm going way back.
3: Yeah, putting the
2: the the nada and Granada.
3: Dickinson's pretty far back too. I was in high school when, <laughs> <laughs> when I was at Dickinson. <laughs>
2: I mean, what do you want? You said there was a lot of sex, and then you won't acknowledge where. Twins from Cinema
3: Twin. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Probably. There's probably... I feel like there was a... It was becoming an epidemic, potentially, for a little while at the Southwind, to the point where we had to get security to pay a little more attention to the general parking lot area on a Friday night. Ladies and gentlemen, the fuck
2: wind. Yeah, the fuck wind. Big beer hosts. So Jack bought me the Heroes Feast D and D cookbook for Christmas, and I've been on it again, off again, making yeah. recipes from it.
3: Do you have to hunt a boar from the wood in order to make recipes?
2: Uh, I mean, it's interesting that you should mention that because we do have several deer in our neighborhood. That's true.
3: I've seen deer in that. We in don't,
2: that... as far as I know, have any boar that mm. go
3: around our neighborhood. I'm sure there's plenty of deer recipes, too. Yeah. Well, have t- you and the boy gone out
2: and bagged a deer from your neighborhood yet? I mean, they're, they're so much faster. and you They're know, very quick. We don't, carry, we don't have guns in the house. And I don't... No. So really, all we've got is his like Nerf gun, and it mm-hmm. doesn't seem to slow down the deer a lot.
3: Fair enough. I well, think I'm,
2: I might have a bow and arrow in the
3: garage, but also I'm pretty sure that the, that those arrows are like the target tips
2: and not the hunting tips. Right, right. So it'd probably be hard. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure that it would be legal to murder a deer in the city limits. I mean, is that? I don't know the technicality on that. I, if anyone Ooh. knows, hashtag double deuce, dear maside uh, me, um, and let us. know. I don't know. know
3: if you if dear me because it feels like you're asking him to to dear maside you.
2: Oh yeah, uh, but well, I wanted them to, let, to like hit me up with the info. So yeah, like, like the info on dear maside, like
3: hit that, me. May, but maybe maybe dear Macide info.
2: Okay, yeah, that's good. I'm Has- just saying, you hashtag- don't want you
3: don't want all of a sudden be like walking into high V, and then someone pops out and shoots you with an arrow that's meant for hunting, not
2: target shooting. You know, I'm I'm pretty close with the sheriff now, yeah. and um, and I could ask him. I suppose I could ask Sheriff Armbrister if uh, if if we could kill a deer within the city limits. Yeah, I feel like it just feels illegal. It feels like one of those illegal things, like like if you were to like kill a puppy or a monkey or a, somebody's cat. Like, I well, think that's I all feel illegal. it's different if it's someone's like
3: pet. Cause then there's some degree of ownership. I know too. Yeah. Um, my guess is that probably at least, you know, there's hunting laws and things like, I don't think you're going to prison. Right. But, but you it, might,
2: you you're probably fine. Probably fine. Yeah. I mean, get a fine. Not you would be fine. Yeah. If you're fine with a vine, you might be fine. Yeah. But who's fine with a fine? It's, what, it's one of those laws that's legal for the rich. Anyway, so the recipes are pretty much yeah. like the recipes you can look up online, except they have a bunch of verbiage that's like, "Oh, this is a good one for travelers when they come in package from a day's adventure." And, uh, so it's optimal if you're running an old timey inn. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you if you are uh, if any of my friends are running an old timey inn where there are adventurers, and there are so few of them these days. It's a dying breed. Uh, let me know, and you can borrow a recipe from my my Hero's Feast cookbook. I made hand pies, uh, uh, gnomish hand pies. They, Would you put sweet or savory? Uh, I put savory. Right Yeah, they're just like I mean, they're basically like Cornish pasties, uh, where you use like pie pastry for the uh, for the the pastry part. Mm-hmm. And you just put in kind of a mix of, like, beef and some vegetables and a little bit of gravy stuff. Right on. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. Anyway, if you want one, um, hashtag pie me up, buddy. And uh, I will, the next time I make pies, I'll I'll reach out to you and I'll say, do you want this pie that you asked about five months ago? And you'll be like, what? who are you? Why are you calling me? And I'll be like, you know who I am. You know it's me. I was the one in the
3: paper for killing that deer
2: yep. in my neighborhood. In my in Northwood. Yeah. Because I live in Northwood. Yeah. Yeah. Home of the deer. The, the, the free range deer. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we had some Bjork on here.
4: I'm a hunter. I'm going hunting. Bjork is
2: sad. Big beer hosts. So I was walking downtown the other day and yep. uh, I saw uh, talking to a dude on the street and, and, and walking his dog, Mr. Daniel Hoyt, uh, who yep. is an author um, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a novel uh, called This Book Is Not For You mm-hmm. um, that was written and is influenced by um, his time as a as a, a, an English creative writing student at, at KU. And it got me thinking about the bevy of like local authors that mm-hmm. we have here. And so um, we, we were trying to figure out what we we're going to talk about for our mini deuce. Uh, I was like, well, why don't we talk about some Lawrence authors that you like um, that are, that are in town? Um, so yeah, that's so, so Daniel Hoy, if you, if you haven't read uh, this book, is not for you. I would recommend it. It's a relatively quick read. You'll get through it pretty fast, and it's kind of fun and uh, anti-establishment. He's, he's kind of a, a, a punk dude, a punk aesthetic to that book. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I have not read that one.
2: That's good. It's worth it. You should check it out. I think I have a copy. You can borrow it.
3: Right on. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, there's, there's our friend Amber. Yeah. is yeah. a Lawrence author. Yeah, she's good. Um, I'm trying to remember if my buddy Cody is still in town. He he's got a book. Uh, we went to we were in creative writing, uh, both undergrad and grad together. Uh, he's awesome. We yeah. also worked together at the theater. I mean Hennessy, Hennessy's good.
2: Yeah, Mark Hennessy, former lead singer of Paul. He's got a couple yeah. of collections out. Current
3: lead singer of Godzillionaire.
2: That's right. Yeah, that's right.
3: Yeah. He's a good poet, and and his, his short stories are also very good.
2: A uh, friend of the podcast, and um, a guy that we occasionally do shows with, Chance Dibbon, uh, as yeah. has a couple of poetry chap books out that are yeah. very fun. He does some really interesting things with, uh, with like taking longer works and just shredding them down um, pretty brutally to create sort of real sparse, Spartan poetry. It's it's pretty interesting.
3: Interesting.
2: Yeah. Uh, Patricia Lockwood no longer here in Lawrence, but uh, always a good read if you're in the poetry mood. Yeah. As well as Danny Kane, who wrote the How to Resist Amazon and Why book and uh, two poetry collections, one of which features Flavortown prominently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. It's fun. It's fun. I think you would like it. You like Guy Fieri-related I do. material. Yeah. And although Danny Kane has since moved to Cleveland because that's where writers go – to be in Cleveland. To be in Cleveland. <laughs> I, I don't know quite how to, to end that one. Uh, uh-huh. it's, it's worth checking out.
3: I'm trying to think of who is still, too, like, around. Because now it's been probably, what, like a decade since I was up there at KU. Is yeah. Ollie still around? Motorman's a good book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, think
2: Ollie might still be around, for sure. I'm guessing Mike Johnson's still around. He's got good
3: poetry. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, there's starting to be some more poetry nights. I think there are the replay is chances running one at the replay, and I think there's another one at the tap room that happens semi regularly. So if you're into poetry, it's a good time to be in Lawrence. Now whether those will be going at the time of uh, publication, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing that we know about Lawrence. is stuff pops up and pops out all the time. Yeah. But uh, know that there's some good writers here. Look
3: around you. You'll find them.
2: Uh, Wonderfair is a great place to go to find local authors, as well as the Raven bookstore.
3: Yes, both of them.
2: Yeah, we recommend them. And they're very nice there, too. Super nice. So nice, it'll make you uncomfortable. But not too uncomfortable. No. But maybe uncomfortable enough to write about the experience. Maybe. And then you too could be a Lawrence author. That's all you need. Just be uncomfortable and write it down. And then smoke on the back porch of the pig. Voila, you're a writer.
3: Yep. Yep. That's how I did it back in the day.
2: That's how we both did it back in the day. Then we quit smoking. and Yeah. So the writing got a little harder.
3: Yeah, it's hard when you build in that... Uh... I feel like there's just that that uh, that mechanism, and then trying to like get your 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 I
2: can't think of the word uh, your routine down, yeah, but yeah. changed, yeah, because no, yeah, the, the ritual the ritual we talked about it the ritual of like having a cup of coffee in one hand, a cigarette in the other hand, looking mm-hmm. over what you did the day before, yeah, and then going.
3: Yeah. There
2: wasn't anything quite like it. There's not anything quite
3: like no. it. No. it also, just uh, a little bit of the, the nicotine focuses your brain a little bit. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah. So there you go, kids. Uh, don't smoke, but maybe find a nicotine patch. Nicotine's a hell of a drug, but don't do it. I guess that's it. That turned into a PSA. Yeah. Yeah. Big Beer Hosts! So, Nelson, I feel like we've been really slow at harnessing the power of, uh, of of AI. I disagree. We jumped on that train early and then
3: jumped right off again like very hesitant hobos. Well,
2: I want to I bring it back because I, I asked uh, Chad GPT to write mini-deuce of okay. uh, you and I talking, and so we're, now okay. we're going to have a dramatic reading by, yeah. by Sean and Kieser as true. us. We,
3: yeah, because we can't because of the strike, we're like, we don't want to participate,
2: but we will bring in scabs. We will bring in scabs, this was not written by a, a member of the Writers Guild, it's so I true. think we're at What archived. we're
3: trying to do is prove the necessity of writers
2: here. Right, so here is uh, Like on our normal episodes, where we script everything out intricately beforehand. If AI wrote double-deuce, this is what it would sound like, with Sean as Nelson, and, and Kieser as me.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Double Deuce Podcast. I'm your host, Nelson. As always, I'm joined by the one and only the man with the master plan, Will. Thanks for the intro, Nelson. It's great to be here
0: once again, ready to dive into the world of topics that make us laugh, think, and everything in between.
4: Absolutely, Will. And today we want to talk about something that has been on our minds lately, the power of human connections. In this digital (laughs) age where screens dominate our lives, we often find ourselves longing for genuine face-to-face interactions.
0: That's right, Nelson. We've all experienced those moments when we're surrounded by people, yet we feel completely isolated.
4: It's like we're in a crowded room, but we're the only ones there. Exactly, Will. And that's why we believe it's essential to cherish and nurture the connections we have. Whether it's with friends, family, or even strangers, these connections have the power to lift us up, inspire us, and remind us of our shared humanity.
0: Absolutely, Nelson. When we take the time to engage with others, we learn and grow. We gain new perspectives, broaden our horizons, and challenge our own beliefs. It's through
4: these connections that we become better versions of ourselves. And it's not just about the big moments, Will. Sometimes (laughs) it's the small gestures that can make our world of difference. A smile, a kind word, a listening ear. These simple acts of connection can brighten someone's day and remind them that they matter.
0: That's so true, Nelson. We often underestimate the impact we have on others, but the truth is, a genuine connection can create a a ripple effect, (laughs) spreading positivity and compassion throughout our communities.
4: Absolutely, Will. So let's make a pact, right here, right now, to be more present in our interactions, to put down our phones and really listen to the people around us. Let's foster those connections and create a world where everyone feels seen, heard, and valued.
0: I couldn't agree more, Nelson. It's time to reclaim the power of human connection, to celebrate the beauty of genuine interactions, and
4: to build a society that thrives on empathy and understanding. Oh God. Well said, Will, and on that note, We'll wrap up this episode of the Double Deuce Podcast. Thank you for all your turning in and joining us on this journey. Remember, together, we We can make 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 a difference. difference.
2: Wow. Dude, I sound like I have gas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Something. That was pretty much... I don't know how you could tell the difference. No, it nailed our patter and our... our, (laughs)
3: Obsession with referring to each other directly by name and
2: our genuine uh, desire for human connection. Yeah, yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Mm -hmm. The desperation in
3: our in our our hearts and souls.
2: I like it. (laughs) Oh no! Uh, I'm doing keys or doing me. Mm. Ah! (laughs)
4: Mm. Double
0: (laughs) dose. Many,
2: <laughs> union strong, big beer hosts. So you know my kid? I yes, we've met. Uh, he's got this new annoying habit to add to the kind of the the bevy of habits, uh, both charming and annoying. But lately, more annoying than not, where he walks up behind me and he makes this weird sucking noise. Like, yeah. <laughs> That is weird. It's a horrifying noise. It kind of sounds
3: like maybe it, like you're being consumed by pigs. Yeah, it
2: is, it is. It's a little this little pig factor five, and I mm-hmm. tell him to stop, and he won't stop, and he keeps doing that thing, like, uh, over and over and over again, and, like, sometimes, like, drool falls out of his mouth, and it just, like, pools on my forearm as I'm trying to push him away from me. And uh, the whole thing is horrifying. And the worst part about it is, do you think he picked this up at school? Did he? No. From he, the streets? From Not from the streets. From his own mother. Uh-oh. My wife. Yeah. Because she started doing... <laughs> She started doing that uh, to me to annoy me. And Uh, he caught on. And he caught on. He he saw it once in action. He learned it by watching her. He learned it from watching her. And that means
3: you can't turn to her for support in this. No, she
2: laughs at me. She laughs at me and she eggs him on. And mm-hmm. the other thing that she does that's really funny that, that I make fun of her for is that she can't roll her R's, like, in the yeah. back of her mouth, like, Arrgh. she can't do yeah. that, right? She tries and it's like, Arrgh. sounds like a cat being strangled. Yeah. And it's funny. Yeah. So I make her do that, and then she gets back at me by having the kid do, Arrgh. and we're just this house of noise and drool. I really just wanted to share that with someone.
3: Yeah, now you've shared it with all sorts of people.
2: Yeah, yeah, like our, our Patreon listeners.
3: No, this is for everybody.
2: Oh, yeah. This isn't everybody. Everybody and our Patreon listeners. And It's hey, true, I, they
3: probably will listen to it also because...
2: Because they listen more than the average bear. Exactly. Everybody, you should join our Patreon so you can get all the hot perks. The perks are hot. Yeah, I just wanted to leave that little that plug in there, because uh, yeah. I finished my story, and we weren't quite out of time. Yeah. But yeah. But now we're coming close. Yeah, we're on the home
3: stretch here. This is the end of a whole decaduce and everything, so I feel like we do need a big finish.
2: Does anybody make really hideous, annoying noises at you on a daily basis? hmm Yes? And where? Where? Like, in your home? I mean, in, in your workplace, it can be on the street, wherever. We want to know. hashtag uh, Slurp Friends DD. Um, uh, hey, uh, f- uh, another sort of timeless little nugget. While we're on the the the, uh, the weird um, hashtags, yeah. Uh, Brian Moss, uh, listener at Patreon. What's weird about Brian, that Brian, hashtag? <laughs> slurp Friends DD. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. But Brian Moss, a uh, longtime mm-hmm. listener, a uh, Patreon supporter... He uh, was at the last live show. ...sent me a message, and he said, do you ever actually look at the hashtags that you say on the program? And I had to admit, like, Brian, I don't even remember the program, like, five minutes after recording it. There's no way I go back and look up the hashtags. But he's like, you should, and then he sent me a picture, and it was... Um, it was uh, Double Deuce Nights uh, from mm-hmm. one of our our, our, our podcasts with, um, what's his name? Hollywood Nights guy. Uh, why is it eluding me? Bob um, Seeger. Uh, Bob Seger, Bob Seger yeah. looking all Bob Seegery And mm-hmm. it said Double Deuce Nights in that Bob Seeger font. Hmm. And I just want to give a shout-out to Brian for that, because I thought it was very clever. Brian, you're a very clever boy. Thank you. And if you have someone who makes uh, weird slurping noises... Let me know. Yeah. Hashtag slurp friends. This is this is a DD. this is a
3: this is a safe space for slurp noise sufferers.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: And slurp can. noises, frankly, I mean, we don't shame. We don't no, shame because like you're gonna have to do them into the microphone for them to be picked up. So, like, you won't be crouched behind somebody drooling necessarily. Don't drool on the mic though; it's expensive.
2: As Romeo said to Juliet, and act. I- Three, scene one, the balcony scene. Yeah, slurp again, bright angel. Yeah, he said that. He did. It. It was people didn't understand why until now.
3: Yep. we solved it. Yep. You Your... tried to get one on over, uh, one over on us, old Shakespeare, but not the double deuce. Too quick for you. <laughs> we got there. Yep. Slurp, friends. it!
2: damn it! This has been Double Deuce Podcast. If you
3: thought the intro sounded bad, this outro sounds even worse. Thanks for listening. I don't know how you did, but if you're trying to listen to more, we're everywhere. Libsyn, Apple, Google,
2: Stitcher, Spotify, fucking everywhere. That's right. Wherever fine podcasts are made, we'll be there. Also, you can reach out to us on social medias. We're at Double Deuce Pod on Twitter. We're at Double Deuce Podcast on Facebook. And our email is DoubleDeucePod at gmail.com.